just so you know for the pre-roll you know gotta have it yeah uh greg how's that video coming along it's going it's going <laughs> yeah how much you got left uh two minutes we got a pre-roll for two minutes oh man well actually he has that ad in it so like a minute and a half jesus when was the last time we had a minute and a half pre-roll <laughs> i mean we could make something up man you know we, we, we've done stuff like this right, i'm done there you go. See what? Hold, hold up. You you said like two minutes. How the fuck? I came up to that ad and then I just skipped it and then I saw the last entry and I was like, okay. See, he had what he needed. He had... so when I told you to watch it faster earlier, you're like, I can't do it. But now, well, I, actually, suddenly I, you I, consume I, two minutes of content in ten seconds. I, I increased the speed from normal to one point five. See? See, I just why couldn't we? You know what? I'm not blaming anybody but you, Jake. What what did I do? He, he texted me at eight thirty five. He said, "Hey, you still want to record? Yeah, I mean, fuck it, let's go." I mean, I, like I said, I was open to doing it tomorrow. All right, I know you're like, "Oh, podcasting on a Monday, can't do Bro, it." Who podcasts on a Monday? I mean, except I except Joe Rogan. I mean, you I have can. tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is your weekend. Yes, it is indeed. I also have. Uh, we could have done a Tuesday too, but that would have been like even more strange. You know, I think we've done the podcast on like a weekday before, though. A Thursday, I think we've done it before. That's nasty. Thursdays are nasty. Yeah, nah, not a great day to do it. But um, you know, it is what it is, man. What what, what can I say? You know. Yeah, we got the number I'm right not... this time. Yeah, this should be it. I think. Hold on, <laughs> let me check. <laughs> let me double triple check before we uh before we get get you started on the info. Hell um, yeah! Jesus. <clears throat> Yeah, that would be it. That is the correct number. Cool beans. You, you guys ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 156. 156, my friends. And we are back on uh, a cold, rainy Mother's Day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I'm here with the usual cast of characters. Guys, introduce yourselves. Um, well, I mean, if you don't know my voice by 300 plus hours into the show, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just here for the free candy. Okay, fair enough. Who he told you he's getting candy? Yeah, man. He's getting paid. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're back and, uh, we're just hanging out here, guys. Like I said, I might have to keep it relatively low because my, the, the baby and the, and the woman are sleeping in the other room and I'm not trying to wake them up, you know, but, uh, we are back. Thankfully, we have the technology for that. So all you have to do is just turn your gain up to the absolute max. Well, I'm not going to do that, but I will try and get just a little bit more. Just like good that. Good copy. Good copy. Just so like we have that. a, uh, we have an interesting, lineup or I sh- should i say distribution of the agenda today agenda topics absolutely we do should be interesting you guys ready to go ahead and get into it yeah. uh yeah all right well let's go who, who put this on here oh this is me uh so let's talk movies tvs and books um i watched a movie called fantasy island uh last weekend after the podcast mm-hmm. um so i think this is a movie that we saw the trailer for that we're like oh this looks kind of interesting I, it was blumhouse um and it's essentially monkey's paw modernized right so we're all familiar with that story the monkey's paw no i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about (laughs) really wow okay um well the monkey's paw is like this old like short story it's like a horror short story where people wish 
for stuff and it goes horribly wrong. And so uh, the monkey's paw is given to like this family and like the family's son died and the last. So they like, um, did the, I can't remember what the first wish was. The second wish was they wished the son back to life and the whole story, a good chunk of it in the latter half is essentially like the doors being scraped on. Like the ki- the kid's essentially a zombie. Like, you know, he come back from the dead and before he can open the door, they wish for him to go away. Super good. So if you haven't read it, it's like a page or two. Sit mm-hmm. down and check that out. But um, this movie kind of preys on um, what we desire the most out of life and kind of these these wishes, right? So the island grants your deepest desire and shit like that. And everybody gets their fantasy, which is like the, uh, what would you call it? Like the catchphrases of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you guys know that meme where it's the metronome and it's like two opposing arguments and it's like swinging back and forth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's me on liking this movie and hating this movie there's (laughs) so many good things so many good like plot points uh potential even like camera shots and stuff like that and like the the actors were pretty good in my opinion Mm -hmm. and then there's so many things that drive me up a wall and that i fucking hate about it (laughs) and this is like the definition of a movie with so much potential you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um Okay, so l- let me let me throw it out there. I don't completely hate it. In fact, I kind of enjoyed it. I think there was a lot of fun and there was a lot of thrill, right? Uh, I would call it more of a drama thriller action as opposed to a horror movie. Uh, there, there was no parts that scared me. If I'm being real with you, it was not set up in such a way. But there was a lot of really good twists throughout the film and everything is not what it seems on like a surface level. And I don't want to give too much away because I do think it was worth the hour 40 watch whatever it was um and i kind of want to do something a little bit fun with this movie so i was thinking that once everybody gets around to it i was thinking we should sit down and rewrite this film because i'm curious to see like i said this movie is chock full of potential and the moment Mm -hmm. i thought i figured it out i was like oh that didn't that doesn't fucking happen at all huh and uh so so i kind of i guess what i'm trying to propose here is i'm trying to propose let's everybody watch the film and then let's see what everybody is like how they would rewrite the fucking movie. Um, that being said, I don't want to give it a grade because I don't want to influence what you guys feel about it. So okay. I'm leaving this thing like super vague at the end. But I, I guess my, my review comes down to, should you watch it? Um, yeah, probably if you don't have anything better to watch. Should you mm-hmm. rewatch it? That's on you. <laughs> I probably would down the line. Interesting. So but I don't uh, think it was a complete waste. So... <clears throat> Let me think, because I like because this is the yeah, I think I've, I recognize the the title for this Blumhouse, right? Obviously, so um, you're expecting a certain type of film one way or another. Either they're going to be like on the more rough end of the spectrum, or they're going to be like a really tight, well written movie. Uh, which way do you feel like it leans? Does it lean more towards the ridiculous, or does it lean more to the the well written part? Do you think? Dude, you know what? There's so many points in the movie where I was like, this is a massive plot hole. Mm-hmm. And then like 25 minutes later, it like seals up that hole. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's, it's not like Rahm Emanuel. Like he, like the, the writers went back and filled in the holes. You know what I mean? Oh my God, Gabe. <laughs> That's a uh, really obscure reference for people who are not from here. <laughs> well, well I, I'm, I'm making that reference because I, I think. You said that line like three years ago or four really? years ago. Or really? Fuck. So we're going full circle. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. It, it's relatively well written. Mm-hmm. Some of the comedy doesn't land, but we have obscure senses of humor. We laugh at giant oranges in this fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, oh, man. 
I, I would say, is it is it the tightest, closely knit fucking thing I've ever seen? No, but mm. is it watchable and there's no glaring holes? Yeah, I'd, I'd give it that much. The production is there. You you can tell that they put some money into this movie to make it pretty. Mm. So is I'll this, give it that much. What what platforms is this on to view? Um, I have no fucking idea. Let me find out real quick. <laughs> what did you watch it on? Uh, my buddy told me to watch it. Well, where did you watch it? Oh, oh, oh not get you, into that. You played. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Well, it looks like at the moment it's on nothing for free. <laughs> so sweet. Redbox it. All right. Amazon. We'll see. We'll see. Amazon movie. Amazon movie for fourteen ninety nine. Definitely not worth that much. Absolutely not. All right. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, maybe I'll check it out. We'll see when it comes down to because I, it is something that would inevitably end up on uh, on like Xfinity, you know, on demand. I'm this sure. This is one of those weird like when you're browsing through Hulu and it's like the very like last one or two movies that they recommend in some like obscure genre. Mm-hmm. I'll give credit to the Hulu, to the people at Hulu. They do a good job at like labeling the movies, but this is probably like some weird fucking thing you'd find eventually. Excellent. Alrighty, that's cool. Yeah, I'm. It's definitely on the list because you said Blumhouse, and I'm all over it. You know, yeah. So, good stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. So let's keep it moving. So uh, with May the Fourth passing, um, they usually drop some Star Wars related news, and we have quite a few things on the agenda. And uh, Taika Waititi, man, he's gonna be at the helm of a new Star Wars film. Now they didn't give us a whole lot of information, and I know generally speaking, we tend to. Uh, not want to speculate too hard into what we think the next project's going to be and when it comes to Star Wars, but I was wondering what your guys' overall opinions on the matter is and do you guys have any kind of, uh, uh, you know, maybe a wish list of what you would want uh, this gentleman to do with the film? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I knew um, the first YTD film I saw was What We Do in the Shadows, and that was a absolutely hilarious take on the whole vampire situation. And then mm-hmm. he eventually went on to do Thor Ragnarok, which was probably one of the best marvel movies in my opinion mm-hmm. um i i think that on that merit alone that he did a marvel film like thor ragnarok and that that movie has so much goddamn personality that it stands on its own legs you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i think that's what kind of gave the people at the star wars studio kind of faith in him and so i I saw a lot of people bitching that like, oh, like, you know, it's already been ruined, blah, 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 like, don't mutilate it anymore. Like, we got like the, you know, the extra trilogy and stuff. And I'm like, well, at this point, why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Like, why the fuck not? And we don't know if it's going to be a a mainline film. We don't know if it's going to be another spinoff story. Mm. Um, I guess what's on my wish list is I want like a genuinely, I don't want to make it like a comedy, right? But I want Mm. some really properly funny scenes in like a Star Wars film, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's like naturally what's to come out of something like this. Can we do um like what kind of a story like we want this? Yeah, thing? like what like oh dude, I I would definitely want to see like a Boba Fett film. Hmm. A, a Boba Fett film with, with yeah, like I mean, film, huh? Yeah, I mean like I know you, maybe we can like they could probably even do something before like Episode Six. You know what he was like doing like during episodes four and five or and like, in between her like Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I mean, if they, because I don't know, is it canon that he survived the Sarlacc pit, or is it like confirmed that he died at the at the pit? I think they have left that very uh, open ended. Yeah, <clears throat> they should definitely do something. They should definitely have him survive, at least in my opinion, and maybe like do a film off that. Maybe, but just I him, mean, just o- him overall, 
Go ahead. Just him spending uh, uh, the whole hour and a half in the stomach of a starlight and him, him trying to work his way out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can go with that. would be pretty entertaining. You know, a bounty hunter armed to the teeth versus uh, gastrointestinal distress, <laughs> whatever. Um, G- give him a – let him direct like a, like a C-3PO and R2-D2 movie where those yeah. two just get into a bunch of stupid-ass shenanigans. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Well, because then, like, what are the haters going to say? They're going to be like, oh, well, this is the worst Star Wars movie. Motherfucker, it didn't change a goddamn thing at the end of the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I mean, like, I, I the only thing I, I gets the Boba Fett thing, uh, the only thing I have against it, I should say, is um, I think it kind of intrudes on the whole Mandalorian thing. You know? I guess. I think I mean, it beats too similar, I think. Yeah, I, I see what you're coming from. Yeah. What about like a Jango Fett like pre story, like what he was doing before he got recruited by the? Well, that's just Star Wars bounty hunter with extra steps. This is true. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, like, about, um, go ahead. no, you go ahead. I was gonna say, what about like a Thrawn film? I mean, we already have a book. Maybe we can turn that into a film. My dude, nobody's trying to watch ten people around a circular table argue about what the Empire should do next. <laughs> I mean, like, I think that's the interesting thing. Like, we don't really have a, 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 an answer or a destination on what they're going to do. They can do anything, you know, and I feel, um, I think they could have had the opportunity with the new Star Wars films that, you know, where they could have kind of went through uncharted territory. But I think, especially with the new, the most recent trilogy, the new one, the sequel trilogy, that, um, they, I guess they kind of, they wanted to play it safe, you know, because I think they wanted us to stay attached to the characters that we've had. And, um, you know, didn't want to vary from the formula too hard because, you know, fans will freak out because that's what the prequel trilogy essentially did. Right. Um, so I think, um, with all the space that we have out here figuratively and literally, we can literally do anything I'm kind of down for, uh, like I said, like a Boba Fett or maybe like a more background story and maybe like another bounty hunter or something like that. Um, but more towards the era of, uh, I can't even think of it like a good era because I I know we're all gonna I want to say like old republic stuff but that's I, at this point I feel like it's pie in the sky and ain't gonna happen. Um, maybe something post, um, what's it called? Oh my god, post uh, Jedi purge? Maybe, maybe focusing on Darth Vader Gate hunting Rebellion. down the last of the Jedi? Maybe I don't know. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Something <clears throat> like that that'll tie like what Darth or well no at least that that's that that would turn into a Darth Vader film at that point. Mm-hmm. Shit, give me it, bro. Give me like a dark comedy Darth Vader film. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe just, let's just have him go through like a schizophrenic kind of episode where he keeps going back to Anakin. He's like, "Motherfucker, stop it!" <laughs> you know what I mean? In his head or some shit, some shit like that. But you know, you know how the fanboys would get. We can't have fun in Star Wars. Everything's well, they already be... did that kind of in Rebels. I think it was in Rebels. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think. Well, that well you know, I, I think like the big thing here is that Kathleen Kennedy, the one of the fucking heads of the whole Star Wars thing and the the way it's been going retires in two years. So we might eventually hit a point where we are getting like comedic Star Wars films or we're getting Star Wars films that are akin to like horror and stuff like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's, she's ruled with an iron fist, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I'm not going to sway one way or the other. Cause she's, she's fucked with me and, <laughs> and I don't want to get like heated here, but once she finally retires, maybe we'll have some goddamn like creative, movements in star wars as a franchise i I think we could all agree that kevin feige she is not you know what i mean (laughs) that she's kind of uh 
doesn't have the same kind of structure that a Kevin Feige has or vision. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the what the last movie that just came out, which is on uh, Disney Plus, which I watched on May the 4th, um, I think we could all agree that what was told is that they didn't really have a, an end game or a destination um, as far as how the this new set would go, you know, and uh, I think that's part of the problem and why we had such a disconnect and why the directors just did what they wanted because they didn't have a skeleton, you know, and uh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Uh, any other thoughts on that? I wonder how much the franchise would be different if they would have like just fully committed to the idea of three different directors and would have just sent it. Like, just pick the third director and be like, well, fuck it, you gotta work with it now. Mm-hmm. Like, don't fuck up or you're not working with Disney ever again. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Greg? Um, he think- I, don't really, I don't really think right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. really know what to say. I mean, like, it's, at the end of the point, it's like, yeah, we do have, we do have a say in what goes on somewhat, but at the end of the day, I mean, at least for me, it's Star Wars, like, mm-hmm. People might hate on it, but I'm I love anything Star Wars, so I'll I'll just suckle from the tit of Disney <laughs> while while it's still about, alive. if that milk's spoiled, he'll drink it and smile. Absolutely. Shit, dog. Well, that's I, like the problem. Like you know, usually we tell people to like vote with their wallets, but like you don't know if it's good or bad until you've seen see it. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. especially like movie wise, you know. So yeah, because you all... could get, you could get like a really poorly cut like trailer as an example, and have it be like a really good movie. You know well, like I mean? even even then, like we we've had this discussion before that nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans do. Mm-hmm. So like if everybody's talking mad shit about it, you still have that I, like that thought in the back of your head where it's like, well, are, is everybody being a like a massive fucking child about this film? Like, was it genuinely that bad? Yeah, it kind of comes built in with that, and it's it's been something that's I wonder like because obviously we weren't alive. I wonder what the perception of the sequels were during the original trilogy. I I really want to know. You know? Well, there was some uh, footage released on YouTube of one of the original screenings for Empire Strikes Back, the audience's reaction to Vader saying that he's Luke's father. Oh, I got to see that. Yeah, you got you got to watch that right after this episode. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out because that sounds very interesting. Yeah, I wonder, like you said, because we, we, we were built with – we were built <laughs> – we were born with, uh, you know, kind Very of close. this thing already being around. And uh, they had been long out since then, and they were already working on, like, the remasters and shit on VHS and whatnot. So I wonder what the perception was during the time. Like, did people like The Return of the Jedi at the time, or did they feel like it was too kiddish? Because I, I hear some of those complaints nowadays. You know what I mean? So I wonder. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars has a very cyclical nature. I feel like we've gotten past the point of hating the prequels and everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, like they're bad, but they're like, like ironically, you know, like you can mm-hmm. enjoy them to an extent because mm-hmm. they're so awful. And mm-hmm. then like everybody's just kind of flaming the current trilogy. And so I feel like if we got another trilogy, that one will take over all the hate. And then the old one will be like, well, maybe they weren't that bad. Like they have flaws, but. Yeah, that's it's weird. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see moving forward on that one. huh? Speaking of moving forward, yeah, aha, absolutely. stole it. Yeah, you uh, did. So we got Robert Rodriguez as a confirmed director for The Mandalorian Season 2. What do you think? Is this just a single episode, or is he like the, at the helm of this thing? Dude, I have no idea. I don't know what to tell you. Because every episode of the first season was a different director, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine that they'd go with the same format. Why not, right? Yeah, because yeah, obviously we still got, um. oh my God, what's his name, Gabe? We know his name. Oh my God, we love him. What's his name? Oh my God. Favreau, John Favreau, he's still writing this thing. Um, Robert Rodriguez, that's. Can we just get from Dust Till Dawn in Star Wars? Can we just get that? That would be have sick. the Mandalorian go to a bar. 
Yeah. Where everybody just turns into like an, a different hole. alien at night. Yeah. 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 yeah see, you see, you I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but I'm all for it. I'm huge. I'm a huge Robert Rodriguez fan, and the guy has a vision. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, man, I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna get QT in one of these things. Ah, uh, you beat me to it. Yeah, I was. Go- <laughs> I was gonna say that'd be like the next big thing. And then what would a QT Mandalorian episode look like? Because you know, you can't have a single episode be three and a half hours long, and then the un- <laughs> the the extended cut be five and a half. Right? Like you got like motherfucker forty five minutes to fifty five. Like you know. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it looks something like Django. That was kind of a Western too, right? Yeah, but um, you know, you gotta cut a lot of the profanity and blood out of that one to make it work in Star Wars. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a good point, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I'm for this. Um, how, what is our opinion on Robert Rodriguez as a whole? Phenomenal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did from Dust Till Dawn. He did uh the the Mexico trilogy, El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. He also did the Spy Kids movie. Uh, Spy Kids movies. Yeah. So um, I like From Dust Till Dawn. That was a good movie. Yeah. Go. How do you say I like From Dust Till Dawn, but totally avoid the Spy Kids talk? <laughs> I never. I, I, magnum I opus. From, I've never even seen Spy Kids. I've seen <gasps> bits and pieces of it, but I just really remember the giant George Lopez head. <laughs> hey, hey, Gabe. How do we? Uh, how do you kick somebody out of a out of a chat? You can just right click on their name and hit this. Con- oh, you're not an admin though, so I have to kick him. No, no, and then he'll kick me, and then you'll be talking to yourself. Yeah, I'll just start moving everybody to different channels. That's what we do late at night. We'll just kick each other from the chat. Oh, okay. We'll be like, all right, man, we're having off. Good night, good night. And it's like, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> well, speaking. Well, I mean, I don't know what to say about the director, but I've had heard some speculations on what's gonna. Hap- well not happen with season two but like s- some characters that might show up um i don't know have, are you guys have you ever baby jabba no jesus that'd be amazing but um <laughs> have you guys even watched like the clone wars animated series uh i have vaguely familiar i am not probably as intensely into it as a lot of other people but i i, I am aware of so, it so there's speculations that ahsoka tano might show up in this mm-hmm. season um which I think that'd be kind of cool, uh, mm-hmm. especially since uh, the Clone Wars season seven just wrapped up, and that really, that really hit home. That was a good way to wrap up a uh, that that animated series. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but um, the actor that played Jango Fett and pretty much Clone Trooper, like one, two, two, two million. Um, <laughs> he's he like since we were on the topic of Boba Fett, I, there's also speculations that he's gonna he might play Boba Fett in season two of The Mandalorian. Hmm. Because he's, I think he said something about like he wants to get back into the whole like you know movie franchise and whatnot. Same thing with 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 Hayden Christian who played mm-hmm. Anakin mm-hmm. in uh, episode three. I guess he's doing full circle because this dude like disappeared off the face of the earth and yeah. was, you know I guess he bought like land and started a farm and a clothing company and then he's slowly getting back into the movie business. Interesting. I mean, uh, the world hates you. Well, it's like it, you know, I think he, I think you mentioned it before that he took it a lot better than Jake Lloyd did. Jake Lloyd just like fucking shut down and fucking hates everybody and hates the world and hates George Lucas and hates Star Wars and hates Star Wars fans and all that stuff. To be fair, that kid was still developing. Yeah. That was a developing mind that the fucking population ruined. Hayden Christensen was at least mostly developed by that time. He he was an adult, basically. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty sad, that whole whole thing with that poor kid. I feel bad. But uh, yeah, man. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what's going on with The Mandalorian moving forward. Uh, I was a big fan of the first first season. Uh, Greg, did you watch the first season? Yep, to the entirety. Um, 
I'm still glad that Scout Trooper smacked Baby Yoda. <laughs> I, I rooted for that. I love oh the my. Imperials. Oh my Shit goodness. Baby Yoda had it coming. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But yeah, so that's interesting. We, we got some more Star Wars moves scrolling down on the next couple of topics. But uh, National Treasure 3, what is this? Uh, well, it's a masterpiece, first of all. I feel like there's been a lot of like Nick Cage news this year, mostly oh for me. I no, like seriously, like, think about it. I've brought up all the Nick Cage news, but it's not like like I have an obsession. It's like news. It's like actual fucking news. So they're in the process of this movie for National Treasure Three. Like it's mm-hmm. happening. I don't know what stage they're at because I like very briefly glanced over it, but I thought it was worth mentioning because those movies aren't that fucking terrible by any means. Yeah, I, I had the um, the first one on in the background the other day. I'm like, eh, it's okay. I mean, it's like watered down Aldi brand Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yes, yeah. but uh, it's not. You know, it wasn't god god awful. But yeah, like Nick Cage, he's he's got like a little, little mini career resurgence going on right now. He's going to be playing the the Tiger King guy, I guess as well. That was big news on Twitter um, and all that good stuff. So good for him, man. I think uh, I think you just mentioned it with the whole cyclical thing, the whole thing. You know, eventually you come back around and everybody loves you again. I think that's where, <laughs> that's where Nick Cage is at, I guess. Well, Guy Fieri, too. Awful. People are starting to talk a lot about Guy Fieri. And I remember motherfuckers hated him in, like, the early 2000s. But why? Why do people hate Guy Fieri? I think, I, dude, I just think it's the way this dude dresses and presents himself, you know? He actually did a episode of Hot Ones. And he actually came off as, like, a really cool guy. Yeah. Actually... From, from everything that I understand and I see in the media, he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Like when his lesbian sister died or something, he married 101 gay couples in Florida. Really? That's crazy. This dude's nothing but fucking awesome. But anyway, uh, moving on to gaming. So uh, what I've heard uh, to kind of follow up with what Greg brought up last week on the podcast, talking about um, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, uh, eventually support ending here. Basically, what I'm being told is that EA is not renewing um or Star Wars or Disney is not renewing EA to with the uh, Star Wars the Star Wars license moving forward. So they were told wrap it up and I guess Jedi Fallen Order 2 will be the last game at least for now um that has been confirmed for the EA Star Wars license. So um again this could change. I I imagine it will. Um but I just wanted everybody's opinion on the matter. I know we briefly talked about it last week, um, but it was also tied in with the Battlefield stuff. So I'm wondering, what do you guys think? Do you think they'll re-up? Do you think they'll give it to somebody else? What do you think the next play is for uh, Star Wars and the Star Wars license when it comes to gaming? I guess the question is, who could fill those shoes if you're going to have a singular company do it? Like you mentioned Activision, right? But mm-hmm. you know their portfolio is only so big as well. And then mm-hmm. like there's the argument of, well... EA ruined it because they put all these like microtransactions and stuff like that into it and what's to say that Activision won't yeah um cause yeah that's that's the rumor right now um I, I, I don't know I just I think what culture put out, put out something about it and um I, it intrigued me cause like I said following up with the conversation that we had yet, uh, last week about it I don't know man I mean um I, like I said dude I think the best way to do it would be to like like, if you want to make a Star Wars game, you come to us, you pitch it, and we approve it. You pay for, like, the name, the license, and then you have somebody from the Star Wars team oversee the development of this to make sure they're on track. 
the only thing about that is that they they, they can't really be too loose with that stuff because I mean, looking at Games Workshop, there's a lot of Warhammer games that just kind of get shit out that are pretty subpar. Hmm. That's my only concern. I mean, I think EA personally, I, I enjoyed like what they cranked out with Star Wars, especially since Battlefront Two really had that giant turnaround. I mean, that the launch was horrendous with the whole microtransactions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they really did step it up in the end, and I've I've been on and off with it, but I did pick pick it back up recently, and I was enjoying the hell out of it. Um, Jedi Fallen Order was pretty good. I I mean, if they just crank out Jedi Fallen Order Two, and um, maybe another Battlefront three, or maybe another like random title. I mean, because isn't who's that one studio? Uh, Bioware. Aren't they're they're under? Ooh, EA, yeah, know? they are. <laughs> I mean, if they maybe could crank out something like a. I mean, I don't know if you guys would even like Bioware cranking out another Knights of the Old Republic or something like that. But... Well, uh, last year we covered a story about Bioware kind of getting jerked around by EA too. Remember that game with all the whole Anthem situation? Yep. There we go. That's what it was. Yep, and uh, I don't know if Bioware is even in the right mindset to even crank out anything right now. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I see your point. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I think they, Go ahead. If they drop it, they drop it. I mean, if anything, I, like, whatever studio picks it up, um, I mean, I, I personally, in my, in my mindset, I would definitely like maybe something like, I mean, seeing like an RPG, like Star Wars, maybe like CD Projekt Red or Techland. You know, because Techland did Dying Light, and then CG Project Red obviously did the Witcher series. Like maybe doing something like that with Star Wars would be kind of cool. But uh, I think what Gabe said with you know like, they just kind of pitch the game, and then you know they'll just oversee development. I think that would be probably be like the best way to go. The, the issue is that it was a, like essentially a monopoly on the game license yeah. for so long. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's what led EA to this contemption, where they're like, "Well, we have it. You know, well, fuck it, right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm just surprised it took what five years, six years. Well, let's think. Um, probably yeah, about six years. Yeah, twenty fourteen sounds about right to me. So you know, that's the like the most surprising thing is that they've cranked out a grand total of how many Star Wars games? The two Battlefronts, Fallen Order. Order. Yeah. Can I we think... think of anything else that isn't a remake, remaster, or rehash? Mm, but we'll no. just we'll just count like the development for the MMORPG as like half, right? Because that was already like in motion. Yeah, I mean, it's not not a whole lot <laughs> when you put yeah, it in that perspective. I mean, these games take a while to make, though, but, so I understand that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, give it to fucking Santa Monica Studios and let them fucking create a fucking badass game. Oh, Santa Monica. Yeah. Put, man, Starhawk, man. Oh, dude, Starhawk with, but with like, Star Wars, dude. That, oh. <laughs> he says Starhawk. He says Starhawk, but there is God of War. <laughs> Interesting take. I like Starhawk better. Man. No, what? What do you say? He, he said he likes Starhawk better than God of War. He's allowed to have an opinion. It's wrong. <laughs> I like fair both enough. games, but Starhawk has a special place in my heart. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, so I think that would be an interesting take. I mean, I think um, we're due for like a, a straight-up fight slim- simulator like uh, Rogue Squadron back in the N64. Can we get something like that? I, I wouldn't mind that. You know, give me some new cool new ships to fly. I think that'd be kind of cool, no? Have the final fucking uh, battle be, or like the final boss be the the final scene from um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the you know the Rise of Skywalker, where the epic fight with fucking Sidious doing the goddamn thunderbolt thing in the sky. That was epic. That'd be kind of cool, you know. I just want a uh, Republic Commandos too. Well, yeah, there there is that, and there's definitely stuff that they can Me revisit. Too, friend. 
Me too. Yeah. Masters of Terrace Kasi, the remaster. Oh my god. <laughs> I, fun fact, I used to own that. Yeah, how, uh, how badly did you hate it? I didn't realize it was so bad until years later when I played a proper fighter. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I like looking back at it. You're like, yeah, it's bad. But like when you had it, you're like, ah, oh, bro, Star Wars. And I like I mean, yeah, never forget about any yeah. of the, you know, that's yeah. like before like I learned actual combos and stuff. But like, nice. not like there were any in that game. But <laughs> yeah, correct. That's a good point. I mean, like, like if they did it right, like a Master of Terrorshazi, like for real, for real, like I'm not opposed to a Star Wars fighter. It's just that there's so many competitors on the market at the moment. You really have to step out of your comfort zone to make it good and quality. Give it another round. It's an idea, yeah. Mm. But at the moment, they don't have the license. WB don't got it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's, it's an idea, and they, they <laughs> dear they, Ed Boone, you don't know me, but I've been playing Mortal Kombat for 20 years now. 24 years, excuse, excuse you. Um, no, but I mean like they they proven that they could take you know um, properties that didn't belong to them originally, like the DC stuff, and show some respect to it, and you know like they don't. If have history to rely repeats on the itself, the first iteration will be god awful, and then it'll get good. Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I guess you're right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. We'll we'll talk about that foreshadowing a little bit. But yeah, so um, hopefully whatever happens with the license and whatever Star Wars and Disney decides to do, hopefully they pump out some quality material because um, I think overall the general populace believes that one out of three games that they've released was good. And granted, like you said, the turnaround was, was big with uh, Battlefront 2. Um, but... I think it's just it was just smeared with the the bad release, and uh, people will never let that go ever ever ever. So that's kind of sad, but uh, it is what it is. Let's keep moving. Skate XL. So me and Gabe have been discussing uh, skating games probably since the inception of this podcast, and um, how important it is to us and as a culture, skating culture. And apparently, this is the new the new jam. Uh, I don't know who's behind it, but I did see some footage, and it looked. Pretty pretty good. Um, I don't know if it's the guys behind the, the original skate series, but it looked good. Have has anybody seen any of this? Nope. Uh, I've seen it floating around. I haven't seen any actual footage. Yeah. So um, basically, it's taking that realistic approach uh, at the skateboarding, viewing the skateboarding uh, kind of culture at, as it is. Um, hopefully, it has a banging soundtrack because that's equally as important. Uh, Greg, are you into skating at all or no? Like, I mean, I longboard. I used to skateboard back. Shit, like middle school, like for mm-hmm. hey, you and everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But I mean, I just made longboard. I mean, skating games. I I played Tony Hawk's Underground, and uh, I dabbled in like was it Skate Two? Yeah, I think I played Skate Two for like at a buddy's house. But other than that, I mean, I I don't have anything against skating games, but like you know, I just you know, it's not like something I would go out of my way to buy. But if you know, someone boots it up and says, "Oh, let's play some of this shit," I'll be like, "All right." Okay, interesting. So, yeah, I guess it's the the next big thing when it comes to the skating games. And because um, Gabe has been uh, <laughs> sending me clips, uh, what's his name again, Gabe? Matt of what? Who? Matt Matt whatever is it? what's this guy's fucking name? Tomasello. Yeah, that fucking guy who has been blowing my mind on a regular basis. Yeah, and, he's uh, uh he's <laughs> something else, man. Yeah. So, I, if you're a skating fan, I would recommend. Checking him out on YouTube like immediately because the uh, the series that you should check out first is Rodney Mullen on bath salts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they dub him because the dude is absolutely out of his mind. And Gabe sent me footage 
probably like what a month and a half ago, two months ago at this point. Yeah. And I was watching it at the office and there was moments where I literally jumped out of my chair because I could not believe the type of shit. The sheer creativity. Was, yeah. The shit, the type of shit this guy was pulling off. And I think you mentioned it. It's like create a, uh, create a trick shit from the Tony Hawk uh, project eight games. And it's just like, wow, it's, it's incredible stuff. So yeah, the amount of control this dude has on a, a fucking piece of wood that may or may not have another piece of wood underneath it. <laughs> it's just insanity. It, it really is. And then I, I sent you the, uh, the other series of video, the the Glory Day, sponsored by mm-hmm. Dime and DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like WWE meets wrestling. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a wild wild thing. So, um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, I think any skate game is important. Um, I put it in the same category as other sports, and um, hopefully, um, it'll get some traction and skating culture can, can make a little bit of return. Um, because it was definitely a time, and I think Gabe could speak for this too, a time of creativity and uh camaraderie with friends so uh hopefully that turns into something good okay. copy we got some uh we got some more mk news as usual i think there was a fucking stint of these podcasts where we talked about mk for like every fucking episode right yeah, um it was either that or siege <laughs> yeah so we got a trailer drop this week for mortal kombat aftermath and this is essentially a campaign part two which is super interesting and then three mm-hmm. new fighters right if i'm understanding this correctly yep um okay so first of all i expressed my distraught with the way the campaign ended and i kind of mentioned how nrs was kind of pussyfooting about committing to anything Mm -hmm. and so essentially what happens is shang sung comes back out of the portal he's like no don't do this you're gonna fuck everything up so i'm Mm -hmm. kind of excited to see where they take the story yeah so uh just some background information apparently like you said this takes place right at the very end of uh, the story for the, the MK game, uh, the MK11 story. And uh, I think you and I both agreed that the story was the weakest aspect of the game. And um, I guess they decided to make some corrections. So it's basically a story expansion where it's going to be focusing on the DLC characters as a, as well as the additional characters that they will be adding. So Shang Tsung is kind of the main character behind this. Um, they are adding a bunch of new content to the game. Uh, new stages, stage fatalities, friendships, big fucking deal. Those and, are free, by the way. You do not need to yes. purchase anything for that update. Absolutely. And with the game comes, or uh, what the new the new expansion comes, Fujin, uh, Shiva, and RoboCop. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did, did not see that coming. That was a fucking, that was a weird turn of events. Uh, but yeah, they got RoboCop coming as well to the game. Now, overall, what is our opinion? Um, I'm, I'm glad that they're going back to the story, but bro, Fujin looks like so much fun to play. My God, Holy he looks so shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. He looks so I think, sick. I think, uh, I think this would be an interesting, uh, addition to the single player. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see a, a couple more faces come back. Uh, Rain. See Rain. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I want to see Rain, like, real bad, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see where it goes with this. Yeah, so it's something they've never done before. They usually commit hard to their quote-unquote story modes. Uh, but I think, that, like I said, the general consensus was, well, it could have been better. So they said, fuck it. We can, we can make something better. Now, I have one major gripe with this. One gigantic gripe with this. Shiva. No. I, it has nothing to do with the creative decisions that they made. It has everything to do with the price tag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's That's the price tag? Thing. I didn't, I didn't actually look at it. This is 40 bucks. So let's say 
you you get this, and then how much was the fighter pass? Well, uh, well, okay. So here's the deal. All right, and this is why I got upset about this. Um, I didn't really bring it up because I wanted to air my my grievances on on the podcast. But um, so me, somebody like me, who bought the game at sixty dollars, who also got the fight pass, which was thirty, right? Um, basically ninety dollars in, right? And now they want me to stack an additional forty dollars on top of that to, in order to have the complete collection of the game. Or I think the uh, option that you can have is you can get the game, the base game, as well as the first combat pack, along with this for like seventy dollars or sixty something bucks. Like. Yeah, sixty. Steam. Yeah, sixty bucks. Um, now I understand, you know, paying with your t- paying with your watch and not your wallet, right? You know, you, I have time. Right. Most people will, will believe, well, if you waited, then you get the, you know, the, the package deal. But I also have a big issue with, and again, I, I, it could be just me not wanting to give NRS any shit because I'm just a loyalist when it comes to them. But you need to treat the OG fans, the people who dropped all that money on day one with more respect. We've and, had this discussion before when we mentioned what's going to happen when there is a fighter pass too. And granted, this isn't the same thing, but it is another mm-hmm. form of grabbing your, your money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I mentioned that would work excellently was that if you got the pre-order content that came with the, with the game, or if you have the fighter pass one, you should get a discount on this. Mm-hmm. And they are offering no discount of any kind to the people who have bought the game day one, like myself along with the combat pack on day one, which like myself, and I'm actually paying more for the same product that other people are paying for people who did not buy the game originally. Uh, I should be getting this for like 20 bucks tops. I don't. So that's like my main, main issue with this. I love the new content. It's great. I appreciate it, but man, you, you got to fucking figure out something because that's, that's egregious. That's bad. You know, and uh, I can't support that. And I, honestly, Gabe, you, you know me, I'm a fucking loyalist to this, to this franchise. I ain't buying it. You know, I bought a copy of MKXL for myself and for Greg for like $17 total. Mm -hmm. You know, that just goes to show that the depreciation in games like this are crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because uh, I'm sure if you wait till like 2021 late, you're probably going to get this full bundle for like 30, 35 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and again, it's, it's cannibalizing the hardcore fans of it because most hardcore fans, regardless of price tag, will get this, right? Um, especially if you're like really into the culture, fighting game, you know, the fighting game community, uh, just Mortal Kombat being such a big part of my life. It's like, this is like the most angry I have been with their practices. And that's including all the stupid shit with the loot box or the time crystals or whatever the fuck in this new game and a lot of the issues we had at the beginning with it. Um, yeah, I am not taking this very well. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I told Adrian that I'm like, I'm not fucking buying it. If you, if I buy it, you have the right to slap me in the face. So uh, I, um, I'm curious to see how much mileage the new campaign is going to have because mm-hmm. oh, how long did it take you to, f- to finish the OG campaign? Probably about five to six hours. I think about yeah. average for this yeah. wave of MK games, this mm-hmm. gen. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, if it if it doubles the the size of the campaign, and maybe they're gonna give us more goodies that they haven't mentioned yet, I don't know. But um, for right now, what I'm seeing, it's not worth it. 
you know, um, cause you're p- essentially paying $40 for three new fighters and some added story. And it's, re- that, they ain't cutting the mustard, man. I, I can't get with it. You know, I cannot get behind that. Um, even if they were saying it was six new fighters, I'd be like, ah, that's still a little pricey, you know, but for the three, uh, one of which I'm only really interested in, which is Fujin. I don't know. He looks good though. He looks really fucking good though. He, I I know he does. It's fucking and it makes me sick cuz I want to play him so fucking bad. Easily top 3 out of the most interesting playstyles in the game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um they they went full bore with the whole win thing, man. They did not hold back on that, it at that all. That sword flying around him? Mm. Oh, that was awesome. Absolutely. And a, a large portion of what's coming releasing with this thing is free, you know. Like you said the the friendships, the stages. Um Stage fatalities. Stage fatalities. Like these all things are releasing for free. So it's not even like they're adding that kind of, that kind of value to the, the aftermath thing too. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I am leaning heavily to not getting this just because I feel like it's really punishing people like me who invest a lot of money and time immediately when the game comes out. And, uh, there's no respect for the, for the fan that does that, you know? So I don't know. But overall, it looked really fucking cool, <laughs> you know. And uh, there'd be some NRS like loyalty program where you can enter in like a game code and like a receipt number or whatever, and it would credit you X amount of points, and you can use that towards future purchases or some shit. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but like I said, I, I could be me just not wanting to get upset <laughs> at NRS. But um, you have every I, right to, man. One hundred thirty dollars is a bit absurd for a game. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna absolutely. be thirty five dollars next year. That and like Lord knows, like this is like a last. Is this the last gasp for the game? Like, are they just like, is this it, or are they planning on having more stuff after? Because we don't know the exact timeline of what's going to happen with the next release. I'm sure Injustice Three is already in the in the works. I'm sure, right? You would think, um, but they haven't really shared that type of information with us. Like, they haven't told us if this is the end or uh, they plan on adding more, supporting it more long term. That was the original. Um, word coming out of the NRS camp is that, hey, we're going to support this MK longer than any other NRS game so far. I guess, you know, I guess they were right in that regard, but. I mean, it's not like they get like 10 year cycles anyway, so. Yeah, I know, but I don't know, but that's, that's kind of my overall opinion with that. But with that being said, I'm actually going to slide this last topic up and then we'll talk about, uh, The Last of Us after. Ranking the Mortal Kombat game. So, Gabe said, that Watch Mojo's dropped a ranking of from worst to best Mortal Kombat games. So only mainline entries, just to be clear. Yeah, only mainline entries. Um, and uh, <laughs> immediately, I, I, I I'm because I'm a fan of the Watch Mojo's channel. I thought, well, they probably got most of that right. They usually do a pretty good job of ranking and listing and all that stuff. Um, so I I gave it a listen. I gave it a watch. And overall, I think they are a hundred and totally percent, hundred fifty percent wrong <laughs> with the, with, the, with their rankings of these games. So, with that being said, I went ahead and went on the whole tiermaker.com thing, and uh, you know, I decided that it would be kind of a fun little assignment project for us to rank all of these Mortal Kombat games, not necessarily um, you know one through eleven, but through the the, the grading tier. Uh, S through F, and we're going to go through these one by one, and I guess we'll talk about it. Let's start with the obvious ones. So F tier is Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. 
Yeah. Well, I was actually going to do this in order. Uh, oh, from I, as they came out? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's rock so, and roll then. So Mortal Kombat 1. Greg and Gabe, where does this game rank? Okay. Here's my argument for this game. Uh, MK1 did a lot of things right, and we always mention that this is the franchise that spawned the ESRB rating system. Mm-hmm. And I think for that alone puts it at, at least a C tier. Mm-hmm. At least a C tier. The game didn't age super gracefully, and it is super, like, I don't want to say lackluster, but, like, lacking of content as compared to the other games in mm-hmm. that generation. But it is still the first iteration of the franchise. Um, I'd probably put it like low B, low B for me or high C. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say probably like B or C. You, you know, you sure. can compare it against the new ones, but you got to start somewhere. And the game did a lot right. And yeah. it really separated itself and the franchise from everything else that was out there. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree. Now, I think it's, uh, most people would probably agree. And for the most part, I agree the same thing when it comes to these tier lists. I think it's kind of a cop out to put the first one like in the middle, <laughs> but, uh, I think it's the rightful place. I think we're going to put it in the C category for now. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll close ranks at, at the end and discuss who should go up and who should go down. But I think C is a good spot for it immediately. Um, you know, it changed the way games were ranked or rated. You know, it changed a lot when it comes to the the gaming culture as a whole. When it comes to uh, shock value, you know what what these games can do to people and to uh, you know not just you know the the industry, but outside of the industry, this thing had a lasting impact on how the world kind of views video games. So we're gonna put it at a C C tier, and like I said, we'll talk about it when we go ahead and close this ranks down. But C is a good spot. Now, with that being said, let's talk about Mortal Kombat Two. What are we thinking? Oh, Mortal Kombat 2 is, uh, ah, that's kind of an interesting one. Hmm. What What are your initial thoughts on this, Joel and Jake? Greg, what do you think? Me? Uh, <laughs> pass, um, pass, pass. I'm, I mean, I don't want to say pass, but, uh, I actually never touched Mortal Kombat 2. Ooh, okay. So, now, I am going to be incredibly biased. <laughs> because Mortal Kombat 2 was the very first video game I ever played. So, which inclines me to put it at the S tier. Quadruple S tier. <laughs> yeah, it inclines me to put it at the S tier just due to the fact that it took everything that the first game did well and just amped it up to fucking 11. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it's totally sharp, totally refined. Uh, they took the best parts about it and just really amplified it. Um, I'm putting it at S tier, um, but if you guys... I, I don't think it deserves S tier, man, because it's not even the best one from that gen. You, you are totally being 110% biased. <laughs> so what are you thinking, Gabe? I, I think there's a lot of validity to what you mentioned, but I still wouldn't put it higher than like B tier. Okay. Okay. Fine. I'll slide it down to B for now, but it, it hurts my insides to do that for the record. Okay. <laughs> uh what <laughs> just and also for the record, I am going to be including the 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 you know the what's it called the non mainline games as well. I think there's only one on here that's not mainline, so uh, I'm going to include that on here as well. But with that, uh, vanilla MK3, so not ultimate. Vanilla, like a D. Vanilla. How the fuck do you forget what you look? Fucking poster boy. Yeah, 
Uh, so for those who may not be aware, because most people don't know much about MK3 because they immediately scrapped it and moved on to Ultimate, uh, MK3 did not include Scorpion <laughs> or a Katana, I don't think, or Molina. And uh, it was a lot of characters that nobody gave a fuck about. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in the D tier as well, unless Greg has something else to to change my mind. It belongs to the streets. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All righty. Now, with that being said, uh, next is Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which is, is probably the version that most people are familiar with. This is the companion piece to the early to late 90s fighters. This is the one you want to play if you want to get that experience. I just think if you're, if you would consider yourself a hardcore MK fan, you're going to come back around to this and come back around to this and come back around to this. I would put this probably in like the A tier. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was leaning to. I was not going to put it in the S tier. There was no way that was going to happen. But yeah, I would definitely put it in A. Uh, just thought they uh, really, really amped it up and uh, really just went to total levels of insa- insanity when it comes to like fatality ideas and color schemes and plot and Shao Kahn's coming to Earth. Even like the, up. the character selection was really fucking solid across the board. I mean, it did have Striker, but we're not going to hold that against them too hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a plus in my books. Is Striker's a plus in your books? Really? Hell yeah. I, I thought you would hate Striker because he's kind of No, because like, I used him. That's why I like him. Oh, I, he's kind of like Manny's, police though. Police brutality. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's what that will sit for now. Uh, next up is the home console release, which is Trilogy, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. This came out on the N64 and the PS PlayStation 1 at the time. It's basically... I call it the Armageddon of its era because it took all the characters from previous iterations, threw it on the one gigantic pile, along with some boss characters you were able to play. Trilogy, where's it going? I I have no like strong opinion about this game, and so by that default, I'm thinking like C. <laughs> like it didn't it's... it didn't do anything particularly well, but it wasn't also a total shit show. You know what I mean? I would actually po- kind of put it in the D category just due to the fact that. The both versions of the game felt incredibly different, but makes sense because of the techn- technological differences. But it shouldn't be like fucking night and day type of shit. So I'm gonna go ahead and slide this to the D category unless anybody else objects. Well, to be fair, how many like five, six year old kids had their start in the trilogy game because it was the kind of like the the Armageddon, the, the you know the the whole compendium here. Yeah, I'm fucking still putting that D though. That's <laughs> fine. I, I don't give enough shit about it to argue any further. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, put it in the F tier. I don't care. <laughs> Next. This is where shit really starts to get weird. I think most D people... tier. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. Uh, Mortal Kombat 4. This is where the weaknesses of the franchise really started to show. Gabe, where are you putting this? D tier. D, you said? Yeah. Greg, what do you think? I have not touched MK4, so wherever you all want. Well, I, think about it. It's MK4. What's the fourth letter of the alphabet? D. That works out beautifully. Okay. Well, that, well, that logic. <laughs> All right. Fine. DK, D tier. I don't think it's that, that bad, but there's like a f- there's one or two good things that came out of this game. Everything else was a dumpster fire. The voice acting, the fucking story, and, and uh, what's the next game? All right. Uh, so th- they actually have gold on here. I actually just looked at this list. They don't have uh, MK versus DC on this. Hmm. Interesting. But next up is Mortal Kombat Gold, which is like the, I think it was the Dreamcast version of this game, correct? 
Uh, yeah, I want to say so. So this is the Dreamcast version. I think they might, may have also came out on the PlayStation. I could be wrong. Uh, but this added a couple of characters and sharpened up things quite a bit, but it was also incredibly buggy. Um, so I'm going to put it slightly above four. I'm going to slide it into the C tier. think it's a better version of four, but not by much. So next up. Now this is where I think, uh, me and Gabe really disagreed with Watch Mojo's list as far as these games and how they're ranked. Uh, but Deadly Alliance, what is our opinions? Deadly Alliance was the first game I ever popped the fatality on successfully, fun fact. Um, okay, listen, there, there's a lot of things about these 3D fighter gens of the MKs. This is where the series is really starting to, like, like on its last legs, what it felt like. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think Deadly Alliance is probably the least worst out of the three. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't give it so much room to wiggle. Mm. Uh, it, it's like a C tier, man. Mm. Greg, what do you think? He hasn't played it. I have not played it, no. <laughs> oh my god, really? Jesus. Yeah, I have All not. Right. He's only yeah. played two Mortal Kombat games. Really? No, no, no. I'm going to hit you with some shit later. <laughs> He's played three. He's played the, the most recent three. No. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll... I'm going to go ahead and put... I think you said C tier, right? I, I think C tier is fair, because it was the... F- yeah. <sighs> yes. There was some innovation. There was some newness. And there was balls with the story because they killed off Liu okay, Kang in the yeah. opening cinematic. They they wanted to put the oomph back in Mortal Kombat, but it, <laughs> it it missed the mark. But there was an attempt. You could see that there was a very clear attempt. It, and it didn't totally look like ass like 4 did. So I, I, I feel comfortable not putting it in the same tier as 4. So that's fine. I'm going to put it in the C. Right? C tier seems right for now. But yeah, uh, Deadly Alliance... Overall, a fun experience. They did have, uh, they did have cooking with scorpion on there. So that automatically makes it better than four. Uh, makes it better than most of the Mortal Kombat movies. Even. You know what? That actually <laughs> puts it in S tier now that I think about it. <laughs> Chopping. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I think C is a good spot. Um, they did have some pretty shitty fatalities though. <laughs> but they also and, had, uh, the Harry Carries in there. No, that was deception. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, not 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 great, but definitely not horrible. They didn't have good fatalities for sure. And only I think every character only had one too, so that wasn't great. So C sounds about right, just because I like I said, I definitely feel comfortable putting it above four for sure. So there we go. There's that. That's that. So next up is Deception. Where are we putting Deception? Okay, well Deception introduced the the conquest mode, the kind of three D spin around. Um, over the top story mode, which was a nice break in my opinion from the constant combat and cutscenes that we've been used to. Mm-hmm. Well, combat and scrolling text, if we're being honest here, right? Yeah. Um, I I don't think that's a whole lot to to justify slapping it a whole tier above. Now, it did come with puzzle combat, mm-hmm. uh, chess but, combat. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, both, and I had both, so it had. Double bed, both of those things. I, I think deception is where we start to see a little bit of refinement in this mm-hmm. era. But like mm-hmm. I said, I'm I'm very hesitant to to put it in that like B category. Well, I'm gonna give deception credit for um, trying to create kind of a new poster boy 
because like you know, Luke Kane died and they attempted, actually made an attempt to try to replace it with Sujinko. Now now that there's mixed results with that. <laughs> um but I'm gonna put it in B tier. Uh now do I think some of the characters that came out in this game were great? Do I think uh like was was Dar Dar Dairu and all those guys, do I think they're great? No, but I think it started to add layers to the story that we hadn't experienced before. This is when we started to be able were able to explore like the chaos and the order realm. So based on narrative, I think B is a good spot. I think default B if Onaga's there. Wait, what? <laughs> if Onaga's in, in the game, it's like a default B. Yeah, I mean, people have mixed opinions about him. I like, I, I kind of like him. Quite, yeah, I liked him a lot. I kind of liked him. So I'm he wasn't, it, he wasn't Shao Kahn for once. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. Cause it was the, this was the first game that, well, like, we have only had three villains at this point where five games and we either had Chang Sung, which was really Shao Kahn in the end, Shao Kahn in the second one, Shao Kahn in the third one. And then we had the, you know, uh, <laughs> what's his fucking name? Oh my God. I forget his name. Oh my oh. God. Who, who was the villain in four? Oh my god. He was in the villain X2. What's his fucking name? Oh my god. He's thinking. What's his fucking name, Gabe? <laughs> what did he look like? He was the villain in X. He was also the villain in 4. What was his fucking name? Quan Chi? Nope. He was working for him. Oh, so um. Was... Sweet baby Jesus, the oh red haired dude. Yeah, what's his fucking name? <laughs> Shinnok. There we go. Oh my god. I fucking had a mini meltdown right there because I could not remember. But. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put deception and B. I, I feel comfortable with that. So now this <laughs> I already know where this is going. Uh because there's only one standalone game on this list that did wasn't main canon stuff. And that is Shaolin Monks. Uh that's A tier for sure. I'd even argue S tier. Yeah, that's an S tier. I already had it sitting in S, so. <laughs> All right, no argument there. It's a phenomenal game. That, two, two of the best that, written characters ever. Absolutely. This is an S tier game to me. This took, uh, the story from Mortal Kombat 2 and allowed you to explore the rich environments that 2 created. Cause 2 created some of the best stages, uh, in, you know, in the history of Mortal Kombat. There's the Deadpool. Uh, there's the, the second, um, the second pit was in there as well. Um, there was, uh, what's it called? Oh my goodness. Uh, oh my goodness. There was the outworld, like, uh, by the water, the living forest, and you were able to actually jump in and explore it. And man, I, I, as a kid, when the game came out, it, it's, it was just beautiful. And like I said, I, I would put MK2 higher on this list, but, um, for sure, absolutely no doubt in my mind, Shaolin Monks is an S tier game. It has so many cool secrets in the game itself. And, um, very, very cool. I love, I love Shaolin Monks. It's definitely up there. So Shaolin Monks is an S tier game. What if they toss that in with the 40 bucks for the? That, I, I'm all over it, man. <laughs> Copy that. I'd be, I'd be on top of that. But, uh, yeah. So there's that. Now, this is where, uh, <laughs> this is where it's going to get fun. Armageddon, Mortal Kombat Armageddon. This was, uh, midway at the times, uh, attempt to close shop on the Mortal Kombat storyline. Uh, the original intent was they were going to start new with new characters after this and kind of hit the reset button. However, with mixed results, what do we think is the deal with Armageddon? How about you fire off first and then I'll, I'll speak up. <laughs> Armageddon. All right. So 
I think it's awesome that they attempted to give us every character. I think it's great fan service. And uh, I think that they really tried to make the characters who weren't good historically, like the Jericks of the world, like the um, Strikers of the world and Nightwolves and stuff like that. They tried to make them up, you know, up res them and try to make them look cool. However, uh, with some of these features in the game, uh, the creative fatality mode, which was a very uh, bare, bare bones attempt to not have to program <laughs> uh, fatalities in the game for every single character. And storyline wise, outside of the conquest stuff, didn't make a whole lot of sense. And they have essentially tried to bury <laughs> Tagan, uh, to, I'm sorry, did it, Taven and Dagon subsequently. I'm putting, I'm putting Armageddon in F, F tier. Honestly. <laughs> mm. Okay. First of all, I don't think the game is as bad as you make it out to be because it did a lot of things good. Sure. The main characters were absolute fucking like plain as bread, like uninteresting and gross and stuff. But let's take a look at some of the few things that the game did. Well, we had aerial combat, which was a fucking blast. Once you got the hang of it, it was really broken too, though. Yeah. That's the fun part. <laughs> it's like in modern warfare Two, Everything is broken. That's why it's fun. <laughs> We had uh, motor combat, which was great. That was cool. I'll give you that. We had a solid conquest mode with puzzles. It had the uh, like the special moveset for uh, Aegon or Taven, whichever the fuck you played as. Oh, Taven, <laughs> Taven, right? Taven, um, yeah. Tell me why he was more interesting to play as in third person, like in the conquest mode, than as an actual fighter. But um, that, that was so really true. well. That was grossly well fleshed out. That's probably been my favorite conquest mode to date. You know what I mean? It gives you a lot of freedom. There's secrets to be discovered. There's alternate skins, costumes, all that shit scrambled throughout the world. It gave you create a character. Okay. Now, yeah, I know. I know. But it it, it was okay at best. And it was a total dumpster fire at worst. But simply for the fact (laughs) that you can have a self insert and they gave you full color spectrums. They gave you multiple, multiple, multiple pieces of armor, clothing, weapons, etc. It was pretty extensive. For what, 08 when the game came out? 09? No, it's definitely earlier than that. Because, well, because the 09 was Mortal Kombat 9 came out in 09. So it's probably 2006, probably. Mortal Kombat Armageddon came out in May 29, 2007. 2007, so, okay. Okay. Granted, like I said, not the best creative character, but it was there and it was pretty fucking detailed. And you can select your own goddamn moveset. How tight is that? This was a like a precursor to what we would get down the line. I think that if you could ignore... Well, you can't really ignore it. But the creative <laughs> fatality was, was dog shit, right? Yeah, it was bad. It was really dog shit awful. But I don't think that there's something like grossly, terribly wrong with this game aside from that. I think it's a lot of good individual pieces. Do they work well all the time? No. Do they work well some of the time together? Yeah, I, I'd make that assessment. And and every single MK character was in the game, and they each got a story wrap-up that was written to their specific line. Some of them were good, <laughs> some of them were terrible. But at the end of the day, somebody had to sit there and write at least three to four paragraphs about 68 different characters or whatever the fucking number was. Yeah. And you got to give credit when credit is due because some of these motherfuckers like meat, they don't have a lot of backstory. Mo- mocap. <laughs> yeah. Mocap <laughs> defeated blaze and he returned to his home in Manhattan and called it a day, <laughs> you know, 
Uh, Dramen. This this is a game where, like I said, dude, like just the parts, if you look at them, a lot of them are a lot of fun. And sometimes they work together to make a cohesive experience. But sometimes when you're playing the game, you get a wrench thrown in and it's just a shitstorm. I don't think it deserves (laughs) F tier. So what do you think in that? Honestly, I think this kind of deserves like D plus C minus area. I don't think it was the worst thing ever. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll put it in the D for sure. <laughs> but... Uh-oh. He's got an opinion now. <laughs> yeah. Well, because this was my first ever MK game. Okay. Go ahead. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing after time, but holy shit, dog. Like, <laughs> this is my entry to MK, like, you know, a franchise, and I was shitting my pants with all the gore, the violence. I love it. Motherfucking Havoc and shit, dude. The oh, that's violent. my guy. Dude, I mean, I'm going to be biased. A or B for me. Oh, my God. I, I enjoyed myself with it. Okay, so we have very, very different ends of the spectrum here. We, we have the full spectrum here. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, we have Gabe who's like, it was all right. I think it's trash. Greg thinks it's the greatest game ever. So uh, where, where, where do you think is a fair place to put it then? Can we can we compromise and put it in like C? Oh, that's so brutal. Uh, fine, fine. Take take the average. <laughs> Fine, fine. Oh, I just want to. I just want to. I just want it to be known, though, because you mentioned during the Alliance that you thought it was the better of the the 3D. I think what this list and this conversation has proven is Deception was the best game of the 3D era. Well, you know, I I feel like as a whole, probably Mm -hmm. as a whole, you know, because at the end of the day, Armageddon was a compendium of. Well, what would people like to see? It really felt like Nether or uh, Midway was was like we're calling it quits. Let's just every wacky idea we've ever had throw it in there and fuck it. You know, like yeah, there's no repercussions. Sure. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. Hmm. Agreed, agreed. So we put it in the C. It hurts me a little bit, but we're, I'm gonna let it go, <laughs> and I'm not gonna think about it any further. <sighs> I, don't, I don't. Anyways, whatever. Um, next up, so this is this is gonna be the probably the most interesting conversation of all of them because it served neither the purpose of a mortal Kombat game nor the purpose of a dc game f tier yeah so like i said it's not on this this list um but yeah it's an f tier game i I don't know why they didn't put it on here i think maybe they they wanted to the creator of this list wanted to forget that it was a thing but yeah it it is the f tier game for sure and uh yeah it was just god awful (laughs) Nope. I'll fucking throw it down there. All right. F, F, F it is for MK versus DC. I might have to clip art something in there. But yeah, that was brutal. And some of the worst fatalities, heroic brutalities, man. In the, in the history if of the If you can even game. call them that. Yeah. It's, it's like the worst thing ever. And, uh, I think, I think you, we can all agree. And this is like the only thing that Watch Mojo's got right was the fact that MK versus DC was easily the worst game probably of the whole entire franchise and that's including special forces and all this other shit so fine that's fine so but here is where uh the next three are going to be kind of a an interesting take because i think we're all going to have differing opinions on this but i think we can all agree overall these three games are either great to epic mortal kombat which is mortal kombat 9 released in 2009 what do we think uh, a tier. It set the blueprint for the working formula and the working and running formula for Mortal Kombat as a whole. 
it brought back a lot of fun characters. It did a lot of good shit with the game, and it was the breath of fresh air that we needed. It brought 3D graphics to 2D environments. I mean, what, what more is, is there to say? I feel like if this game would have failed, Mortal Kombat would have just ceased to exist. Would have rolled over and died. Easily. I feel like Ed Boon and the guys were like, you know what, let, let, let's make one last thing. And it worked, and people enjoyed it. I think it's a fun game. Is it the easiest? No. But it's a good launch point for what will develop in the future. I'd put it at A tier. A tier. I think that's a fair mark. Um, this is essentially uh, the the reboot that that they wanted Armageddon to be. But instead of taking the full storyline reboot, they decided that they were going to retell the events of uh, MK1, 2, and 3 through a different perspective, through a different lens, and kind of change some of the story beats to kind of make it fresh and unique. And they absolutely did that. Um, with that, they had tons of other content in here. They had the challenge towers, which is 300 challenges that were a pain in the ass, especially that last one was one of the most brutal gaming experiences of all time. They made Shao Kahn the biggest bitch in this game because <laughs> he was such an asshole to play against. Uh, there were some, a, a number of challenging fights that took place. And, um, like I think of like the Quan Chi Scorpion tag team, like that's fucking bullshit. Speaking of tag team, they had tag mode for the, I think for the first time since UMK3. Welcome you know, back. Yeah. Welcome back tag team mode, uh, to Mortal Kombat. And, uh, I think unanimously, I think most people would agree that this probably has the best roster of characters in the history of the franchise, not including Armageddon or Trilogy. And uh, just because they kind of picked characters that everybody liked. It was cherry-picked. And there was no, like, bullshit sprinkled about. Mm -hmm. Each of the characters were their best versions up to this point in this game. I 100% agree with that. And uh, they they really did a good job. They even redesigned some characters, like Smoke and his crazy crazy gray hair, (laughs) you know. Um, they They took some unique risk here. Uh, they made fucking Sub-Zero Cyborg, for crying out loud. So, um, overall, I think A is the perfect spot for it. Greg, do you have an opinion on this one? Nope. A tier it is. <laughs> Alrighty. Next up is Mortal Kombat X. What are we thinking? Dare I say it? You're going to. I know you are. S tier. <laughs> ah, this guy. Okay. Um, Mortal Kombat X. Um... There's a lot to say about the intricacies and the nuances of how this game plays. And there's a lot to be said about if this game was an album, the way it was produced. You know, I can go on for days about this. But at the end of the day, there was a lot of pain to be learned, to be experienced, and a lot of combos to learn at the end of the day. Uh, I'd probably say this is the fastest paced Mortal Kombat. Um it's like clockwork a lot of the times. You examine a clock from the outside and you're like, okay, it's like 1.15. But the moment you start looking underneath the covers and seeing what's going on with frame data and you're you know you're going on with recovery frames and how does this hit? And then, oh, well, what if I EX this move? And then, oh, well, I can string this into that, blah, 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 blah. The moment you start paying attention to all the little cues and the ticks and the, and the fun little aspects of the game is when you realize... <laughs> You have something fucking special here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just gameplay, you know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about the story because it was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say all the new characters except Ferratora were fucking great. Yeah. Um, the DLC, like this game, was very well upkept. Like this was a 
building that was renovated to modern standards and it was kept up with through the years. And it really felt like it. You know what I mean? I feel like Cassie Cage was a fun character. I feel like Jackie Briggs was a fun character. I feel like Quan Chi, even though I don't play, uh, even though I don't appreciate his play style is still a viable choice. There's not like a God awful character in this game. That's like unwinnable with, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody felt different, unique. And then if you want to layer on top of that, you know, you, you go a little bit further and you play the variations and then you learn all the variations and you're like, okay, well, I know my matchups, blah, 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 blah. Um, beautiful environments. It's still probably one of my favorite MK games for the arenas. Absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. hands down, without a doubt. Um, what do you want me to say about this game other than it's a fucking masterpiece? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greg? I, I agree. I mean... <clears throat> MKX was definitely a solid game. I did love the variations. Like Gabe mentioned, it was definitely fast-paced. And once you kind of got used to it, it was actually like it's a completely fun game. Um, it was a complete sweat fest. Nobody yeah. had fun playing this game, and that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Um, don't. It's like, and you're gonna hate me for this. I would. I want to put it as, but like maybe A plus only because they killed my boy Baraka. They did him dirty. <laughs> I fucking hated that. This is the this is the kind of game that when you're done playing, you got to get up and wipe your ass afterwards. It's that good. Yeah, with your pinchy. Oh man, hey, I made Greg cry once. You know that? <laughs> I, I I didn't cry. I was like, I was tear streaming, you know, and it hit hit you with the run another one, run it again. <laughs> All right, oh, dude. Oh yeah, those combos are insane. That smoke vortex. Oh. There's something special to be said about when you think you're good at the game and then you play online and some dude who's playing fucking uh, one variation of Leatherface just fucking double perfects you and just shits on your life and you can't even get close to him. And then they rub it in with those Leatherface screams. The, ah! <laughs> huh. Okay, so that's the, your guys' opinion. Now let's talk about my opinion on X. My opinion on X is that this game is probably the most fun that I had playing Mortal Kombat. Probably ever. Just due to the fact, and Gabe can attest to this, I had the ability to clear rooms <laughs> in Mortal Kombat X. Because either it would be my Cassie, and if it wasn't Cassie, it was Katana. And it was a long night for anybody who was in the room with me. <laughs> so I'm gonna put S. It has, or X has at the S tier. It has a very special place in my heart because, like I said, I had a, so much fun with it. And Cassie Cage is one of my favorite characters in the history of Mortal Kombat. Uh, one of my favorite playing characters in the history of Mortal Kombat. And it's just like the the most fun. Every everything about what people love about Mortal Kombat was turned up to eleven. It had a ton of content. It even turned had, up like, to X. Yeah, exactly. This guy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it even had like a kind of a cool crypt, you know, version of the crypt where it was almost like this, um, RP- I'm sorry, you mispronounced terrifying. <laughs> yeah. The spiders jumping out. You fuck. I mean, I, no, I'm, no, gonna... I'm not worried about the spiders. I was worried about those demons in Shao Kahn's temple. That's a good point too. I forgot about those guys, but to be fair, and I, I, it's going to make me sound like, sound like a total bitch, but I can't do jump scares like that. So I had my wife do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, this game had, was so much fun. It even had, uh, they even brought back to test your might. And, uh, I just let you guys know I've had many a callous thumbs in, in my lifetime trying to get that, get through the test of your might tower. And speaking of the towers, man, they, you know, this is where they introduced, you know, the ever rotating towers, the daily, the yeah. weekly, and then the premiere. Yeah. 
where they would just kind of, uh, sh- you know, kind of get take the game and flip the rules on its head and do some ridiculous modifiers, all kinds of cool stuff in X. So to me, it's an S. It's near the top. It's probably the top S. And uh, there is that. I just had so much fun with it. I mean, it's a blast. I um, I played it from the beginning to end. I mean, I never stopped. Which is not, you know, something that I can't say about my my next one, the next one up in the in the list. But um, it's a lot of fun. I had a great time with X. And uh, yeah, I'm putting it at the top of the list as well. Now, let's talk about Eleven. What do we think? <laughs> Just utter silence. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Um, I mean, I enjoyed Eleven. I didn't really play it too much because, unfortunately, I did get it on the Switch. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I do like how you can actually uh kind of customize um, what was it? Outfits and pieces. Yeah, your outfits mm-hmm. and the loadouts. And, yeah, and all that stuff. I thought that was, that that brought like brought new life to that shit. Um, and I also, I mean, as much as I like the fast paced like you know combat of X, it was kind of nice you know to slow it down uh, in eleven. Um, so that was fun. And then uh, what are those uh, those counters where you just like do like hell of fucking damage? Uh, th- those are like hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it because it's like it's kind of like cheap, you know, if you time it right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is what it is. But they did, they brought back Baraka, so they did bring back Baraka. They brought back your boy for sure. They brought back my boy. That's the only reason Greg bought the game. Fun fact. Yeah, <laughs> and then you sauced on me with Cabal when I was Shao Kahn, and I never. never <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gabe. Um. I think MK11, the the expectations were ridiculously high. Um, the the hype for the series before MK11 came out was like at its peak. It was like an absolute insanity of a hype train that everybody was just dancing and screaming on. You know what I mean? You, you couldn't find your fucking friend six feet from you. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to see what the game had developed into. Um I don't hate MK11, but by no stretch of the means do I love it at all. It does a lot of good things, and it does a lot of things proper to the franchise, and it is probably the most mature out of all of the items that we've listed here mm-hmm. today, but uh, I feel like MK11, at, at, as its own piece, is beginning to lose part of its identity as a Mortal Kombat game. It does mm-hmm. a lot of things right, but there's just something overly fun and visceral about what something like X brought to the table, where it was just go, you know what I mean? Just don't stop moving, just go. And then, you know, granted, there's there can be lulls in eleven. There are slower fights and things of that nature, but it almost feels like a departure from kind of what a lot of the fans grew to love. Mm-hmm. Um, take that for what you will at the end of the day. This game's like B tier for me. I, I feel like a lot of what's going on with the development currently is having me excited yet very concerned with the way everything's moving, man. All right. So I'm thinking probably B tier as well. Um, now I think it's, it's kind of a unique kind of a, kind of a situation because I think technically, Eleven is a better fighting game than X. Um, I think it's a better built fighting game than X because there's a lot less randomness to how the game plays and how the dance goes. But I think um, you and I have mentioned this on the podcast prior that 
the fun thing about fighting games and the things that makes it fun sometimes is the random shit. You know, um, the things that can't be duplicated when it comes to like fighting with your friend across the room, right? So I, I think it's kind of a unique thing because I think technically it's the Mortal Kombat system kind of perfected. But I think with that being said, uh, it takes away a lot of those nuanced moments where you're just like, wow, how the fuck did that just happen? Because you kind of know how it happened. And it did remove some of the fun combos. I, I think um, it cares much more about the reach of characters. And like I, we've mentioned it during our review, the dance of these characters. And uh, these no two characters in this game feels alike. It's a positive and it's also a negative because you can't just hop in and go crazy. So I think B tier is the perfect place for it. Uh, and that is what we got. Now, uh, if there was one rank for one of these games that you can change, this is like you get one vote, you get one pick. You can either move it up, move it down, wherever you want. Who would you move and where? Um, all right, here's a hot take. I'm pretty satisfied where everything ended up. Okay. I I think if I absolutely had to, I'd probably bump Armageddon up, but I'd feel yeah. like it's relatively fair where it is now. Okay. Yeah, I would bump Armageddon up. You guys would bump Armageddon up? Yeah. What would you bump down? Uh, I'm actually I'm only I have one thing in mind that I want to bump up. <laughs> so if you guys are cool with bumping, if you guys want to bump Armageddon up to B, we can do that. And what are you that's bumping? The, I'm bumping two up to eight here then. Okay. Is that not fair? <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit. That's fine. So the way we got it ranked Damn, right so, now. So hold up, hold up. By that denominator, that means that MK2 is better than MK11. Yes. Ooh, that's a, that's an interesting one. That's a, I would actually I, I actually probably think that this is the best ranking we've, we could have done. I, but, I wonder how much money you've spent. How many times have you, have either of you guys rebought MK2 or like any of the MK games? How many times have I rebought? Well, I had MK2 on the Sega Genesis. It was attached to Shaolin Monk, so I played it on that. I have a cabinet that has it two on it, and I bought it specifically for two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna say I have a lot of versions of like the trilogy or trilogy, and then UMK, and then two and stuff like various combinations of that. So I'd I'd probably say that that's the game I've spent the most on, at least between like two and three. I, let's just you know yeah. for grouping them. Yeah. So um, now nah, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty and try to re, re rearrange like a, a plus or none of that. I think this is fine as it is. Um, so the way we got it is S tier is Mortal Kombat X and Shaolin Monks. I think that's very fair. A tier is UMK3 and Mortal Kombat 9 and Mortal Kombat 2 as well. B tier is MK11, Deception, and Armageddon. C tier, the original MK, MK Gold, and Deadly Alliance. D tier, uh, Vanilla, U, uh, Mortal Kombat 3, Trilogy, and Mortal Kombat 4. And of course, F tier, which is MK versus DC. I think that is, I think that's fine. I, I think I, it's funny that the same story and plot beats make it to A tier. Twice. Two yeah. and nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was a pretty solid story, yeah. if we're being honest. But... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Well, hey, whatever. It is what it is. 
So that is our list. I'm going to go ahead and post this up on Twitter uh, when we get done with the show so you guys would see exactly how we mapped it out just in case you didn't want to follow along. Write it down yourself. But yeah, that is our official rankings. Of I, that, that was a really good ranking. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty happy with how this turned out, actually, because I was kind of expecting some craziness. <laughs> but it actually worked out, I think. I, I think we were fair on all the games. I mean, we all, granted, we all have our favorites and stuff, but I think as like a collective, as a whole, there's there's definitely a lot of truth to this list. It's not like we were all just, oh, but, but this deserves to be double S tier. Yeah, absolutely. So that is the official ranking, Second City Kids official ranking of the Mortal Kombat games. And uh, I think it's about time we've done that. We, like Gabe said, we have talked about Mortal Kombat uh, nonstop over the course of the last five years coming up. And uh, I'm glad yeah, that we finally got, got Next episode, we're, we're ranking all the Siege Operators top down. You want to okay. do it? We can fucking no, no. do it. We <laughs> can fucking do it. Forever. We can fucking what about, do it. Yeah. What, what about yeah. vanilla only ops? Oh, like on game launch? Yeah. yeah. Not, not, hmm. not the What is that, 20? Mm. Or 16? Oh. 16, it sounds about right, yeah. Oh, we could do that in five minutes. I could, I could give you the fucking ranking right now and nobody would disagree with it. Man, I kind of want to okay. do all of them, though, now. <laughs> uh, we'll figure out something else yeah. to rank. I feel like it was a good discussion. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. So that was it. Uh, next, last up on the gaming topic is uh, The Last of Us Part 2. We dropped a story trailer. Uh, I like how Sony removed comments on the game. <laughs> on the trailer, rather. It's, it's necessary at this point. Absolutely. Um, and The Last of Us story trailer was fucking beautiful, man. I am so fucking ready for this game. I got soon, another, my friend, soon. Yeah, it's got another month. I got to hold off the spoilers, you know. Um, and, man, I, I'm just so excited for this goddamn thing. I'm so ready. So fucking ready for it. Uh, this is what? How many years is this in the making? Probably five now at this point, right? Five, six? I have, I feel like the well, because The Last of Us Part 2 or Part 1 came out on the PS3 as well. Mm-hmm. I want to so, say 2014. So six, maybe yeah, seven even. Six, seven years in the making. Let, let's find uh, out. Yeah, go ahead and pull that up real quick. It's just what, you know, I, we've talked about it. It's just my favorite game of all time is The Last of Us. So. 2013, seven years. So I was correct okay. on that. Yep. Uh, it's just one of my favorite, my favorite game of all time. So I'm so ready. And uh, I, I am like, uh, what people expressed about Final Fantasy VII is what I'm expressing about Last of Us Part Two. So uh, I'm ready, man. I'm fucking ready. It looks good. So uh, there's that. Now let's go ahead and move on to the last topic, which is for the like probably the third time in podcast history, music news and reviews has the least amount of things. <laughs> on it's the okay. Agenda. Yeah, it's it, fine. it was just a slow week. We have that once a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Saint Vitus, the metal, hardcore, goth, prod rock, um, kind of cathedral of New York, a uh, very well known venue. Mm-hmm. Uh. They're on Kickstarter, and I stumbled across them because I was on Kickstarter for some godforsaken reason, and I was like, huh, this is really interesting. So the idea is, like, everything's closed. There's no concerts because there's a pandemic, right? And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, like, help support us, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, you can donate a dollar, you can donate $5, blah, blah, blah. Um, Here's where it kind of gets interesting, though. If you donate $1,000, you can get into any show at St. Vitus for free. For the next year, regardless of if it's sold out or not. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? So it's basically like a season pass for a concert venue. Yeah, well, venue. kind of. I mean, uh, you sh- if you're going to donate, you should donate because this is like 
man, this is like the El Toro of the metal world. You know, Ooh. this is what this it really is. I'm not even like exaggerating here. This is like such a cultural landmark for hardcore, for post, for metalcore, for all the genres within that big umbrella. You know what I mean? All the bands, all the big motherfuckers have played here. Dillinger, fucking Converge, every time, I, you name it, they've probably played there, right? And so if you're going to donate, you should donate for the cause, not because it's a season pass, essentially, mm-hmm. right? I was just kind of curious as to what everybody's thoughts are in regards to that. Like $1,000 and you can get in whenever you want, even if it's sold out. Greg, what do you think? Shit, I'm donating 3000 right now for all three of us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think it's cool. Um, yeah. Like Gabe said, it's mainly for the cause. Um, but yeah, I mean, shit, getting into sold out shows, that'd be tight. Yeah, man. Um, um, th- there's a lot that goes on in Vetus. And, you know, I think between Jake and I, because Greg's only been to a handful, I think we, Jake and I have a unanimous decision that th- our favorite Chicago venue is the Bottom Lounge, right? Mm. Yes, um, and, and so I was, you know, my, my, my train of thought was that's one, that's awesome, right? Because it's not like, it's not like anybody's just going to give them a thousand dollars, right? It's not like it's going to be like, oh, well, you know, there's only 50 tickets available because we might have to account for 250 people that are just going to show up, right? With the, with the pass. But it's not like that. You know what I mean? Mm. And I was thinking like, well, would, if you, if you had the funds, would you do that for the bottom lounge? Uh, yeah, if I had the funds, yeah. And, and then, you know, th- there's the old chicken egg argument, right? Cause it's like, well, how many shows do you go to a year? You probably go to two or three a year, right, Jake? If well, I'm, probably like four uh, or five tops at this point. I, I'd say that's at the extreme end. I'd say you weren't at four or five shows a year since Vanna came around in 2017 or whatever it was. Yeah, since my daughter's been born, probably. Well, yeah, I mean, you're a parent. You know, I'm not banging mm-hmm. on you or dragging you or anything. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that, like, life gets in the way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of curious now, like, if you say you go to, let's just give you the benefit of the doubt, and let's say you go to four shows a year, right? And now it's like, well, if I have an entire year past the bottom lounge, how many would you go to now? Would you be going every Friday, Saturday night just to take full advantage of that? Yeah, I think I'd just probably go as often as I can. Anytime I was vaguely interested in a band and I can go, I would go. Yeah, you know, so that's just an interesting argument. Um, I mean, like I said, I can't praise St. Vitus enough. That's one of the things I, I wish that I would have done in New York. I haven't done that yet. But, um, I mean, check it out, dude. It, it's really upsetting because... The Bottom Lounge is a restaurant first and foremost, right? It's mm-hmm. a restaurant bar, so they have something to support themselves. But a lot of these other venues don't necessarily have that safety net. So, yeah. So uh, hopefully, if if you're in the area and if it means something to you, please donate uh, to keep this place alive because it's very important. You know that these bands of this caliber, this size, have the opportunity to play in front of a crowd. You know, in a building that's easily accessible and uh, all that good stuff. So please donate if you have the opportunity to. Now, Good copy. Let's talk about uh, some Chicago stuff. Yeah, so Vale of Maya. Uh, so me and Gabe have discussed Vale of Maya multiple times on the show. Vale of Maya is where Gabe uh, draws the line <laughs> <laughs> on how gente he wants to get. Uh, and I'm overall a big fan of Vale of Maya. Uh, I saw them come up, so I could be biased. But uh, Vale of Maya dropped a new single called Outsider. And I think they dropped another single late last year hold on let me pull it up because i actually downloaded it earlier today it's called members only so they dropped two singles and i think i mean i could be misremembering things but i don't think vale maya experimented with very many cleans um prior to this this particular song and the last two particular songs rather the ones i just named have an emphasis on clean vocals 
they actually have hooks to, to these songs. So, Gabe, I'm telling you that I think if you gave this particular song or those last two songs a shot, I think there's a legitimate chance that you would enjoy them. Well, here's the thing. I, I do enjoy them because I listen to them. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, there, there's a lot to be said about the craftsmanship and the quality of work that goes into a Veil of Maya song. They're very much like the underappreciated like abr i'd even argue mm-hmm. you know the, like okay you know i we, we have this like joke discussion every time where this is where gabe draws the line sure but th- there's you gotta admit that these these guys don't fuck around and they put a lot of love and craftsmanship into everything they do and simply because of that alone it needs to be recognized outsider is a phenomenal single mm-hmm. it is properly good and i guess we'll just have to see where and how this band progresses to see if i change my opinion in regards to them yeah, cause, uh, it's a good song. I was, I was really jamming into it. I was really, I was really trying to dissect it and get in there for, cause usually when I put on a veil of mine, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I know it's going to be good, you know, good noise in the background and it's going to be well, very well crafted technical music. But the whole clean thing kind of really threw me for a loop in a good way. You know, it really perked my ears up. So veil of Maya, man, excellent job, guys. Now all we got to do is get Born of Cyrus to jump on this board too. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah, let's get Chelsea Grin while we're at it. <laughs> I don't know about all that now. Chelsea but... Grin folk rock. Yeah, right. So uh, yeah, man, Vale of Maya Outsider, check it out. Good single, and I think if it's uh, kind of a taste of what they're going to be doing moving forward, I think it's something to really look forward to. Good copy. Uh, we're going to have some album reviews next week and some more singles coming down the line. So uh, just bear with us because we need new music too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, like like I mentioned, you know, we, we run the podcast as often as we can. As long as we got something to talk about, we'll we'll, we'll run it. Which is why we have a podcast up coming up this week as opposed to next week, which was the original plan, I guess. Uh, but hey, man, if the agenda fills up, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. So if you guys you know want something for us to cover, please tweet at us anything. Uh, you know, reach out, all that good stuff. Send us uh, your album. That's always fun. Yeah, we we do enjoy uh, people sending us albums and stuff to review. So please check it out. Um, you know, you got you guys know the deal by now. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast, episode 156. 156. And we'll see you guys here next week for or whenever for 157. 157. So, hey, yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm getting in your business. And signing out, this is Jacob, Gabe, and Greg. And we'll see you guys down the road. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids Podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.